the Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Legends Internet Podcast Radio Show. My name is Francis Barrientos, United States of America, and I'm here with my host, my co-host Jenny, our cryptid correspondent, as well as Elite Sniper M, who decided to. Oh wait, you were going to open. Yeah, wanna, I know. Do you want to do her? Do you want to do I started it? going for it, and I was like, no, he's not. He's yeah. just going. <laughs> All right, sorry. I'll give you. I'll give you next time. I promise. Yay. I forgot. I totally forgot. It's because nobody ever. Jenny, to be honest, you're the first one that has ever said like, yes, I'll I'll open. Everyone I is always so like, nah. If it goes terribly, I mean, then I just don't have to do it again. So I think you'll do great. Honestly, no one has ever, no one has ever done it, and then it's been like really bad. <laughs> Every, everyone who's ever done it, it's actually pretty good, or at least okay. At the very worst, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a couple announcements. Oh, do you want to do announcements? I'll let you do the announcements. Go ahead. Okay, announcements. Uh, Trisha has the night off. And uh, Kara is still out on sabbatical. She will be rejoining us in February, so that will be very fun. And Tressa will be back hopefully next week. And then we also have uh, Elite Sniper here as well with us, which is awesome. Welcome to welcome to the podcast with us. You guys have known each other for a long time, but you are new to me and apparently half my age. So I'm not half your age. I'm like not. Not half your age. I'm like maybe almost the same age. I would say. Yeah. No, but youngster down there is. Uh... Uh, he's a he's a baby. He's he's just <laughs> yeah, he's baby. just out of the nest. Uh, Mr. Elite Sniper, what does the M stand for at the last? And by the way, Jenny, Elite Sniper M and I, we really don't know each other that well, to be honest. Uh-oh. We've known each other maybe for I want to say uh, half a year, four months. Four months that we've kind of. Been able to right, interact. So this and can go sideways real quick. Okay. I, tr- I trust Elite Sniper M. Let me tell you. <laughs> so Elite Sniper and M and I, uh, we're part of the uh, the Storm Pie community, which is Stormfrog and Page Senpai's community. Great community. He's a moderator. I'm a peasant, and uh, we both <laughs> <laughs> we both like watching the content that they make. So um, <laughs> wish them well and uh, great plug for them. If you're not subscribed to them. We got uh, Twitch Stormfrog and then uh, Page Senpai on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite Snapper M. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Got that. Per- I nailed that landing. <laughs> um. So, with that said, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So yeah, this is only Elite Sniper's M's second podcast with us. The first one being New Year's, and we invited him on New Year's as a fill-in, as a substitute for uh, Stormfrog and Page Senpai, which he. 
gracefully accepted and he liked it so much he's like hey let's talk about some spooky stuff right i think that that's that pretty much covers it right pretty much how yeah so definitely going back to the other question the m in my name oh, yes. actually is due to another friend i had on fine enough xbox 360 we played called Duty ghost a lot and his name was elite sniper with three and four was taken like all the numbers were taken so my mind went, what is the number nobody would take? M. So I just put M in. That's the whole point of it. It's just to be a random number there. That's pretty Maybe good. Why not? That's pretty good. Uh, I'm glad to know the story, because I was wondering for a long time now, but it's kind of a weird question to ask out of the blue. Uh, tonight's a little bit different, because tonight... So usually what we'll do is every host will get a turn to take a topic. Um, you know, last week was... Whose topic? Your topic. Your topic, right, Jenny? Yeah, yeah. Love right. So we rotate topics so everybody gets a fair say in what we talk about. And then for this week, it was my topic. It was going to be Tressa's topic, but it, uh, Tressa had to take the night off, and that's cool. So I decided to do a topic, but since I was inviting Elite Sniper M, I thought, why the hell not have him pick the topic? I do the research, I talk about it, and then we get feedback from him. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your topic and why you selected it? Sure. So... The main topic I chose was, God, I chose Salem and the Witch Trials, and I chose actually the house of the head person who would prosecute the witches and everything, as this person also had to prosecute their own wife for being a witch. And they, yes, eventually realized, hey, something's going on, but this is way, still in the beginning of the phase where any kind of magic scene is bad and anybody claimed a witch will be tried as a witch hung right or whatever they did back then so uh, and, yeah they used to like hang them stone them crush them throw them off a of cliffs so i've i've heard that yeah. jenny yes yes yeah. uh that is mainly i think we they in salem they mainly did hanging um and a big one was when it is now said you can visit this uh, the person's house, and it's said that you can still feel his wife walking around haunting the place, and it's saying she's seeking revenge. Jenny, do you have anything to add before I get into the official research? Um, no, just uh, you know, my dislike of the of the witch trials and. This is a pretty shitty thing for us to do to women. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, keeping down with the women or yeah. anybody who's because after all, right, the guys can't be magical. Actually, guys were tried too. Really, I didn't know that part. Not as many guys, because a lot of them were feet again. Witches were female and everything. That's the main people who got tried. But let's say your husband got uh, your husband. You got tried, and then you can throw your husband under a bus. Say. They were also practicing magic. <laughs> then they get tried, and it could go in a whole. Just this person said they did it, kind of circle. Wow. All right. I would take my husband down with me so fast. Oh Jesus! You know, does it <laughs> so is it fast. weird that it makes me feel better that like men were killed too? Eh, I don't know. It hey. makes me feel better. It also <laughs> makes me feel better that I would totally take down my husband. I'm not going alone. <laughs> All right. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna I'm gonna speak my spiel because I don't usually do a spiel because it usually belongs the spiel belongs to whoever has the topic usually. Let me get into it. So play a little spooky music here. The Parson Bernard House is a house located in North Andover, Massachusetts. 
It's home to some really interesting paranormal history, so let's get into it. Uh, Andover in 1692 was a home to two very different ministers that took part in this wonderful story in history. Yes, Elite Sniper did reference one of them. During this particular time, the Salem Witch Trials were going on. We just talked about those. I don't know that anybody doesn't know about those, but we'll, we'll get into what those are in just a moment here. Um, and so we had one of the reverends, which was Reverend Dane, who was very much against the hysteria of the Salem Witch Trials and the actions that people would take against those that are accused. Meanwhile, the other reverend, who's really the focal point of this story, is uh, Reverend Bernard, who thought of things very differently. He was one of these people who were accusatory and had it clearly had like uh, an authoritative complex, all of this crazy, terrible stuff. Here I have a note for anybody who may not know what the witch trials are or because I know we have an audience not in America. We've got some audience in Brazil and the UK and stuff. If you don't know what those are, um, let's see here. According to the article that I cited here, it's a series of trials, prosecutions, executions of innocent people accused of practicing witchcraft that took place in colonial Massachusetts. Salem witch trials are a defining example of the intolerance and injustice in American history. So, with that said, just like Elite Sniper M mentioned earlier, for no reason at all, well, maybe for some reasons, but not for real reasons, people would be accused of witchcraft and then so try. I actually know the story behind that's actually really dumb. Jump for the whole in. reason the witch trials Jump started. On in. So the reason why the witch trials started is because as religious people, one of the laws God has said was thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not cheat on their spouse and all that. And so of course this older man was having an affair with this younger younger girl. Oh. And so, to escape punishment of his own sins, he called witchcraft. And then that girl called witchcraft craft on a bunch of other girls who were dancing in the woods around a pot doing just a fun, uh, doing a kind of dance and just kind of a prayer to to get find true love. So, and it spiraled from there. Wow. That's really shitty. We can't even dance in the wood now, guys. Gals. Yeah. Now, in addition, like, like um, you know, Europe and most most countries have a history of witch trials of some or witch prosecution as persecution as both, both, someplace both in their history. So kind of as the fervor in Europe was dying down, that's kind of when it transferred over to us. Um, you know, and it was, yeah, it was a, a counteraction towards um, the bucking of, like, puritanical values and and things like that, so. Yeah, um, yeah. getting back to this thing, um, this is the part that's really interesting to me. So, this Reverend Bernard fellow, I, I wrote down here that he's a funny cat, but I don't really talk like that. He was very much a believer in all of the witchcraft and hype, hyped up all the scapegoating at the time. He personally believed that you could both test and cure someone who touched or came into contact with witches. So that kind of, you know, parallels with what Elite Sniper M said, which is you could be bewitched by a witch and you could do things that 
you otherwise would not do. So this person, Reverend Bernard, thought that you could test and cure for it. How? Uh, they would gather in this house, right? And then uh, the sick or afflicted people, they'd blindfold them, lead them to a bunch of accused witches, right? Who are oh, totally innocent women. <laughs> and then the person who ha has been bewitched and is blindfolded would touch them one at a time. And one of them would cure their, you know, cure them of being bewitched. And they would no longer be bewitched. So that would not only cure the person, but it would also prove that that person they touched was a witch. And you might think to yourself, what are the symptoms of being bewitched? I don't fucking know. Probably some made up crap. And then how do you, how can you tell when that behavior stops or when the, when the spell is over after they've touched somebody again, total crap. But what's interesting is, um, it was admissible in court. So this was totally legal after, you know, they were able to verify that someone's a witch by touching them and Oh, like my symptoms are gone. That person would be totally prosecuted under the full extent of the law, which is insane. Not even the law. It'd be under the church. So three head people of it, the it would, church. It would be both. I, I have here that specifically it was through the law as well. Like police could enforce that hanging. So there, there is a uh, conspiration between the church and the, and the law. So well, it, it was it was pretty much one and the same, especially right. like during those right. times and in that specific area. Hundred percent, it was it was the same. So uh, another a thing that I found out that I didn't know about the Salem witch trials is if, if a woman that was accused of being a witch, sometimes it was perceived by their families that if their families like if they said, "Oh, I'm a witch," like if they confess, some people perceive that that means that their lives would be spared, but actually. Not at all, first of all, but somehow, but for whatever reason, you know, just like you said, you take your husband down with you. Families would say, hey, just admit you're a witch. Right. And they, they would they're thinking that, oh, I'm doing them a favor because if they admit it, they'll be spared. They're not going to die. But actually, it was just it, it was never like that. Everybody always got punished and killed. And it was really, really bad. I also have a note here that um, some of the. Killings were greatly exaggerated at the Salem Witch Trials. If we think like it, it makes it sound like a, like thousands of people died when it, the number was really not that high. Um, let's see here. My my the rest of my notes say the house is now belonging to the historical society, which now acts as a history museum to things involving witchcraft, and you can visit there today, get a witchcraft tour. Many modern visitors to the house claim that it's haunted, and people attending the tours can say they can feel the spirits, feel the spirits touch them physically and all that type of stuff. And I mean, you've already went, uh, mentioned uh, Bernard's wife who was killed. So like, that's one of the spirits, but it's a pretty, I, I understand that it's a pretty kick-ass ghost tour. If you go there, um, do you have any other thoughts? Cause I did want to you know, launch this into a different talking point here, but anything else? Cause this is your hometown, right? Or, or you said it was near right. your hometown. Well, this is around where I live and uh, my family, we're not into big horror stuff, but history like that always has found it interesting to me as it's part of our my own where I live's history. I can drive there wherever I want. And during oh. Halloween, they make a huge spectacle about it, which is kind of interesting. People dress up as witches. There's small like parties about witches and all that. Now, it's like they've embraced witches in Salem now. And everything, which is interesting thinking back to its history. Yeah, they were the opposite of that. Right. And also a good, if 
you want to learn definitely more about this, a good book to pick up is The Crucible because it's yep. really focused about that. And somebody going back into the files of Salem back then because they did have records and going, hey, this this is kind of weird. Why are they saying all this? What And kind of making it point out what's going on and what how the how it was happening and why. Yeah, I definitely, they made us read The Crucible in high school, and at the time, I actually liked that one. That was one part of the English unit that I actually liked junior year. Interesting. I don't re really remember much of the book, but I do remember getting the gist of it. I mean, for me, high school oh, was a long time ago, so. A movie that's really good that I really like and thought stuck very, very close to which sort of, sort of folklore um, was actually The Witch. Um which was a phenomenal, phenomenal movie, but but it had a lot of really small indicators of, you know, um, somebody did the research is all I'm saying. Like they, they held true to a lot of the old fables about witches, um, which was really, really entertaining and, and interesting to see. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is what is kind of scary about this or what, the underlining thing for me that really interests me about it is really the Salem witch trials are about mass hysteria. That's what that is. Um, oh, definitely. It's a and that's where we get our phrase, a witch hunt nowadays. Exactly. It's from that big hysteria. It's a, it's a scientific phenomenon that we don't quite yet understand. It definitely exists today and it's existed throughout history, even before that particular, you know, even before the Salem witch trials. And it's, scary because we still have religious mass hysteria today and you could you could easily go to a lot of either cults or evangelical churches you could witness some of these weird exorcisms that they do that's all religious mass hysteria well it's hysteria the mass hysteria is is pretty crazy because if you look into it there's really no explanation why people do the things that they do i mean there's a if you guys like youtube i watch a really great uh youtube channel that really hasn't put out a whole lot of content lately just like one video but in the last year, but uh, Salmonella, if you Salmonella Academy is what it's called. He, he does a video on mass hysteria. He talks about, um, you know, this uh, particular sect of nuns who just started uh, meowing one day or, or, or was it meowing? Yeah, it was meowing <laughs> until they, they had to send in the, the National Guard because hundreds of nuns were just meowing uncontrollably and they had to threaten them so they would stop. There's been I'm sorry, I know it's terrible and totally not funny, but that's hilarious. It is hilarious, and that's why that particular content creator chose to, that particular mass hysteria to be a great example because it's entertaining as hell. You know, but there's been other examples in history, like there's been you know uh, places in the world where people will just start dancing, n mm -hmm. no reason at all, no motivation except for oh everyone's dancing, I'll think I'll dance. You know, it's it's something that's really un. Un, un, I don't want to say completely unknown, but like it's a known thing, but it's kind of unexplored. Un, um, so what I'm looking for, we don't know why that we don't know why humans are like this. We don't necessarily have all the reasons or all the answers there, which is scary because when I was reading about this topic and I was looking into mass hysteria, if you follow statistics and statistically, there's been mass hysteria around a lot of our politics. Still, there's a lot of mass hysteria around both people who are like for Trump, anti-Trump. There was a mass hysteria. You could say that if you were pro-vaccine, you could have been part of mass hysteria or even against it. Like it, it's, it's just this sort of group of mentality where you're just hysterical and, and your views are, are radical. And, you know, 
while normal people, I feel like is like just talking with the vaccine, I don't want to get political or anything, but just talking about the vaccine, you could have very normal feelings about it where we're unsure. We don't know. We're hoping for the best, but like there's people on both sides that were completely radical, whether it was anti-vax or like fully vax. There are people out there saying like, if you, you know, if you don't wear the mask and you don't get vaccinated, you deserve to die. And there was people on the other end of the spectrum that were like, you put a mask on me, I'll put a bullet in your head. You know what I mean? I'm sure you guys see that or, if yeah. you, you know what I mean? So it's like, it still exists today, uh, just in different forms. And all it will take one day is for something to take off. And I'm sure it'll come out of politics, but all it will, you know, take is one person to appeal to so many people and this mass hysteria thing could start. I, I could easily see another mass hysteria like this happening where we will prosecute or we will, you know, whatever type of people it might be. There are definitely opportunities in this country for, you know, especially when you're thinking about religion, for people who are religious to rally against a certain type of person, right? There's a lot of opportunity here. And that's that's one thing that I was, I was kind of hoping that Tressa would be here tonight. Or, you know, I was thinking we were going to do this next week and she'd be here next week, but I'm sure she would have stuff to say about it. But uh, it can be very scary when you really think about it, because let me tell you, when you really think about social media nowadays and that sheep mentality that can exist within it with the, with the kids especially like it's really crazy it's really insane to me and yeah absolutely and if you think about like what's going on like what was happening during like the salem witch trials right like so there was disease there was fear of the indigenous people you know it was a oh, really yeah. uncertain time a lot of people were going hungry you know i mean entire colonies were sort of being wiped out um you know harsh winters like i said like disease like smallpox was huge um we still don't it was know really a big thing yeah. back then but if you look at that it and then you look again at at the stuff that was going on like with the vaccines and especially with with trump it was you know someone speaking to people who were in very a very fearful state right not necessarily doing well um, lots of poverty, lots of job loss, that kind of thing that they were looking for a scapegoat and found one and then killed them. So you really, it's not that far out of it's, the realm of comprehension it, yeah. that, that it could I, happen again. Personally, I don't think it's a question of if it'll happen. I think it's a question of when we've come yeah. so close to very bad scenarios in this country. Like uh, when we had the the whole incident at the Capitol in January, what was that, two years ago? Mm -hmm. That was a, a small a mass hysteria on a smaller scale. I think right. any rational person could say to themselves, this is a terrible idea to do this, but we people still did it. If they were, if those people who were doing that insurrection were successful, maybe other people around the country would have joined in on that mass hysteria with them. And who knows where we'd be, like, where would we be right now, right? Because if they would have been successful, Trump would have kept his presidency. And who knows? Maybe he would not have given it up again. You know what I mean? It's it's scary as hell, really. It is scary. And and you think about that in a lot of like other countries where dictators take over and, you know, like. Continue to hold power, things like that, like that's where fascism comes in. But anyway, um, like specifically with the witch and like the persecution of people like that. I mean, even when we were talking about like like the skinwalkers, right? Um, so in doing research of that, I discovered that, you know, um, the Navajo had their own version of witch trials um, after they were moved to a reservation and then moved back to their original land because 
so many people were dying. So many people were getting sick. Uh, so many people were going hungry. Um, you know, hunting was bad. Like there were just all of these terrible things. So when they got back to their original um, lands, they wiped out a bunch of people that they thought were witches, which were essentially these skinwalkers. Yeah. Just killed them out. You know, whatevs. The Navajo people have been through so much. I feel really bad for them, you know? Like, yeah. One of my favorite movies is uh, Wind Talkers, which is the Navajo in World War II. Are you familiar? Yeah, it's you guys? so good. It's, so good. It's so good, but what makes it even better is that that's all real stuff. Oh, yeah. Elite Sniper M, are you familiar with... Uh, the, the role that the Navajo played in World War II at all? I am not. So basically, we needed a way, or America needed a way, the Allies needed a way in the Pacific uh, theater to be able to speak to each other in a code. And we had a lot of codes. The problem is that, like, when we would develop a code, it would be cracked. You know, there's spies and stuff. So we needed a way to talk to each other and communicate information without it being easily cracked. So we decided to enlist people that were of the Navajo uh, ethnicity and um, they would use their native language but not just speaking to each other in Navajo but they would come up with a code like a code language within the Navajo language and that's how we would communicate with each other a lot you know not the whole war but um, you know there, there would be code names for things like a tank it would be a turtle for example like oh there's turtles coming this way so the idea was that if there were spies on the state side and they were captured and they were tortured for like, what does this mean? What is the information? A regular person within the Navajo Nation would not be able to divulge what their, you know, what the code is because they don't really know. Um, but it was really shitty though because when we were in the, you know, the Pacific Front against Japan and stuff, those people, the Navajo soldiers on the American side, were captured in like super prime targets, and. Yeah they would know immediately upon capture that they would have to kill themselves. They would have to because we'd lose the war if they didn't. So that particular movie is amazing. I don't know how, how accurate it is, but like conceptually it's pretty accurate and it's just, it's just amazing. So I feel so that's yeah. like what funny enough, my last uh, class was about native, the natives and what was, what they kind of, going on and i studied the cherokee and the cherokee kind of did the exact same thing you're saying as a navajo yeah during war yeah mm -hmm. we were uh there there was a lot of things that in world war ii it's a very interesting war i love watching movies about world war ii and i know i'm kind of turning into my grandpa here but uh you know i watched a whole movie on the enigma box starring benedict cumberbatch there's a movie about that that i would just i didn't even know going into that movie that it was about the enigma box you know like so, it's really weird how like I'll be watching a movie and sometimes I'll be watching a movie with my girlfriend and I won't realize that it's a movie that's World War II history. So like there's that movie. I forgot what it was about, but it was about the Enigma box and Benedict Cumberbatch is a guy who cracked it on the Allies side. Um, so there's a movie about that and I didn't realize it was about that until like halfway through the movie. Like, oh my God, this movie is so great. So there's that. And then there was a movie that I was watching, which is a Studio Ghibli movie, which I don't like anime in general, but I like Studio Ghibli stuff. There is a movie that was uh, the man... It was about the man who invented the zero plane for Japan, which in World War Two was their go to fighter plane. And that's a beautiful movie, too. Um, yeah, it's it's just nuts. But um, mass hysteria is scary. I believe that without putting it in words, if we look at things that are happening in recent history, it's something that still happens. And it's 
this this mentality where we kind of get together as goldfish and we don't really know why. <laughs> I wish we would figure out a little bit more. We'd studied a little bit more, but I don't really know. It's just uh, like we said, it's it's scary. But that's really that's really what where I was leading with this because as interesting as a story as it is, it's not super complicated. Which which actually it's it's a beautiful topic because it doesn't get too far down a rabbit hole. There's this house. It's really cool, and what the house was used for was really um, unique. I, I never knew about this house before studying for this topic, so I didn't know that there was, during the Salem Witch Trials, a touch test. You know? What other kind of shit yeah. do we have like that right now? You know? Well, I really enjoy the I really enjoy the touch test being like, hey, if you have something wrong, just rub a witch on it. You're fine. I feel like that parallels a lot of these things on TikTok that are like, oh, this is this challenge and this is this test. You know what I mean? Like, we have stuff like that. Yeah. And they do go somewhat viral when you really think about it. The population now is so large that TikTok's like a worldwide phenomenon. But like at that time, how many people would you say were in that part of the country elite? Ooh. Not that, not in, as many as today. In, in Salem? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely most of the world was in that time on the East Coast because we were just again settling. It was still new. Salem was created, but I don't, I think it was happening around the time where the Western movement was just beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting time. And like, it's a totally, it's really cool too. If you do study history, like I, I'm kind of giving a plug for history here, but if you are someone that likes history, you wants to study it, even, you know, whether you're studying like the East coast stuff, kind of like what we're talking about now with North Andover or Salem. I, when I was in college, took a history class, just general history. And my teacher, the entire class, honestly, was just about the history of the Western part of the United States during that time. And we studied cowboys. It was the coolest thing ever. I, didn't I think I took that class. There was like one and two. Like, so you it was like divided up in between like this, I don't know this if, time period and then this time period. I don't know if it was exactly the same, but I, I just remember having a fucking blast in that class. If you showed up and your attendance was good and you took your notes and you could speak about, you know, the general things. It was really cool. I learned so much, too. Like, I remember... I remember I was having so much fun in that one class and we went over one day. I don't know. We took a whole day talking about like you can cook and eat any animal almost <laughs> like if it, if you can find it in the United States, skunk, possum, rats, squirrels, if you can, if you can catch it, you can kill it and eat it. And I was thinking to myself, wow, like even bear and the teacher's like, yeah. And then like she went into this big spiel about how there's this particular I don't know if it's a bacteria. I think it's a bacteria that's in bear meat. So you really, really, really have to cook it like at high temps to kill that particular bacteria or else you won't be able to eat it safely. It's it's a bacteria. It's, no, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. 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 Jot that down when I'm out eating bear. It's really cool because like Elite Sniper M can, can um, sort of maybe relate to this as a gamer. But like years later, here we are playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And your character, Arthur Morgan, is going to eat some bear. And I'm just thinking about that history class I took in college where they were, like, talking about the, the bear bacteria. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. That's one thing I love about video games right now. There's just so much history behind them that you can learn. That I'll be going to class, we'll be learning something about it. I'm just like, I remember I've played the, kind of in this era. I've learned this. I've kind of watched it in TV shows. It's, like, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Food Wars, a uh, great anime, weird as hell, but it teaches you how to cook. And one thing they teach you is beer meat is wicked gamey. So you have to 
have a specific way to cook it yeah. to make it have that taste, but not overpower or underpower anything. That's like a practical skill that you would have learned from video games for sure. Like, I remember when I was in high school, uh, I think when I was maybe freshman year or even eighth grade is when uh, GTA, what was it? San Andreas? Not San Andreas, like after Miami, well not Miami Vice, what was it? Vice City. GTA Vice City mm -hmm. came out. And that was really inspired by Scarface, but that was all about the, the drug cartels in Miami, really. That's what inspired it. So like, when I had a unit in high school about the drug cartels in Miami, I'm like, oh man, let's let's get down to it. I know a little bit about this uh, cocaine trafficking here. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a cool little parallel, but uh, maybe not as useful information as the uh, the cooking that you mentioned, but still, very, <laughs> very interesting all the same. Um, but yeah, you know... Yeah, being not into video games, all I can think about now is Cocaine Bear, so... Yeah. That's a movie that <laughs> Trusty was going to watch and review. That was like a big winter movie that she was going to... I, You know, I meant to... I don't know if she actually watched it. I, I got to tune into her podcast. I don't think it's out yet. Oh, okay. If you guys want to check out Tressa's podcast, Space Draculas, she's also got a Twitch channel, which is also named Space Draculas. Check it out. Um, but yeah, no, uh, what was I going to say? Um, shit. Which is... Oh, no, I was just going to say, if it makes you feel better, Jenny... I no longer play video games, really. I play, really? I play one video game, maybe two. You could say that I play two. And I play... One of the video games I play, I play like once or twice a year, and that's Minecraft. And then the other video game that I play is a 14 or... It's, I think, going on 15 years old now. It's a it's a game that I've been trying to get Stormfrog to play and install, but he, it's, it's a difficult install, but it's uh, Battle for Middle-Earth 2. It's Lord of the Rings. It's an RTS. Amazing. It's got a great modding community. The struggle with installing that is is that you have to... The game itself is an EA game when they were good, but it's long since without license. Like, you can't really legally get it in a good way. So, like, you have to kind of be sketchy about acquiring the CD ISO and then doing that cool. weird install. I won't get into that because Jenny is like, ah. Eh. Yeah, 17 no. years old. All of that means it's seven, nothing It's to 17 me. this year? Yeah, Jenny, the other game yes. I play, which is maybe once or twice a week, is 17 years old. And I'll play for an hour. <laughs> I'm done. I can applaud that. I just, you know, I tried. I tried to get into video games. I have such a short attention span for them. Like, I want to get up and go outside and do something else. Like, yeah, I just, I, mean, I, I don't know what it is. I just got to be active. I think, I think part of it is whenever you may have grown up, like, A, were video games available? B, did you play with them growing up? And then C, what's your relationship like? And for you, it, it doesn't sound yeah. like you ever really needed to lean on them. For me... Yeah. If I could be a little bit personal, I usually don't like to give a lot of personal information, but for me, my my family moved from one of the neighborhoods out here in the suburbs to a really not so great neighborhood in the city of Chicago. And it was yeah. it used to be a good city. Well, I'm talking about Portage Park. But in the 90s, it had a lot of gang activity. And I could tell you that I got robbed on my front stoop on my front porch by somebody who was in my elementary school class. I was walking to school one day at, you know, eight in the morning and like the guy in the corner was asking me if I wanted to buy drugs, which he was calling Barbie heads because it would put like, I don't know what in the Barbie heads, but like I'm in a, I'm like third grade, you know? Yeah. So the Bulls, when they were winning the championship, they were blown out dynamite in the street. So needless to say, my parents wanted my myself and my siblings to stay indoors as much as possible. You know, our, yeah. our garage kept getting broken into. Our bikes got stolen twice to the point where we never bought bikes living there. Like, it's pretty crazy. So specifically because of that, because my parents didn't want me going outside to be safe. I specifically remember growing up just playing video games. You know, I got an N64 for my birthday that year. 
And honestly, I spent so many hours bonding with my sister, straight bonding just over video games. You know, she's 10 years younger. So like we bonded over Pokemon. We bonded, we bonded over Mario Party, like the Mario parties that were on Nintendo 64. I can't even tell you how many hours and hours I played with that game. And I would do it again right now. We played everything. We played Yoshi's Story. Uh, Elite Sniper, you ever play video games with your siblings? How's that go if you do that? Good. I am the younger sibling, first and first and foremost, so I do play video games with my older brother. Uh, we just, it is a huge connection between him and I. We, funny enough, video games is a thing with, as you've said, everything going on today and from the past, just so hectic for me. Video games are kind of a way to get out of this world, go into a world It's that, an escape, yeah. Right, it's an escape for us. It's we can laugh, we can chuckle. I have friends on Xbox I was playing with earlier that I've known for hell 12, 13 years. We keep in contact, phone numbers. We we do all this like to the extent where we make we joke around making plans of hey, when I come down, you gotta do this for me or and all yeah. that. And it's just this kind of thing of uh, it's hard to say, but. It's uh, kind of without video games, there is would be a lot worse in my life as I've had a little bit of a rough childhood with yeah. by when because I was bullied when I was younger due to uh, being adopted and with that kind of with video games, my brother and I would play Nintendo. We'd play Pokemon. We'd play Mario. Him and I would he'd help me i'd help him he and i would go to the extent to now we're we have our fights because of course siblings <laughs> always fight but to yeah. that extent it's like my brother and i like he has to the we're like we know what each other are saying even without kind of saying it all the way that's really cool when you get and to know somebody that it's that to do that yeah it's that interlink that it's like we text each other and it's like Hey, I need this. Sure, here. And we don't like most college kids. Like, are on the phone with their siblings and everything for hours, and we're just like, yeah, just contact me next time you need me. And we're just, it's just that kind of relationship to the extent that we know so much about each other. There's a good chance that even when we get older and separate, if we'd ever come back together five years later for some reason, we'd still know. Like, my brother could be talking something, parents missed something or misheard it. I yeah. can just instantly say, no, this is what he meant. This is what's happening. And it's just that connection yeah, with him I that mean, when you really think about video it, games have brought. You're still getting those connections, right? You're like, you're playing with Stormfrog. You know, I know that you didn't know Stormfrog for the last few years. I think he's only been streaming for like two years. So like, it's that community, you know, that's meeting people. It's right. it's so much fun to meet new people. And, and that's one thing that like. I never knew going into this podcast thing, even though like I meet so many cool people. Like I didn't, it's really weird. Like I didn't know Jenny. Jenny, when did we really like become friends? You and I think about this for just a second. I don't know. I mean, like for a long time it was, or for a few minutes there, it was very like outsider kind of looking in, I think. But then I think through, you know, the podcast and the Discord stuff, it's like you just yeah. kind of get to know like little bits, like the video game thing. 
I'm so glad that you like shared that information because that makes 100% sense to me. Um, absolutely. And, and my, my world growing up, you know, um, it's funny because like on that application, on our application that we're putting out for hiring a new host, you know, like I have a job and then like no hobby. Right. And like, there's so many, there's, there's so many things. And I was like, Oh my God, like we've never actually talked about things outside of this that we're interested in, but that makes so much sense from your childhood. Like, okay. Like that makes, and it makes sense why I'm, into adventure stuff and want to be outside as much as possible because i grew up i spent half of my life um you know going hanging out with my grandparents in the middle of nowhere on like 90 acres of woods Ooh, that's so great like, like that's what i did so i had that but i was a very solitary creature which kind of creeps into my life now so like, you know, it's I, I harder for it. me to make friends, that kind of thing. It. Well, listen, so here's my point. I think I kind of started off my um, my journey more on the lead side where like I used to be gaming and I used to game with friends when I was in high school and yeah. stuff. But I'm a little bit old to the point where my last console that I had was the Xbox 360 and I played it. I beat GTA 4 and then I gave it away or I sold. I actually sold it for such a good price that it was like basically giving it away because I just wanted to move on and and like well i liked video games my sister grew up so like i didn't play with her as much which uh i'd love to get back to if i could but um now i'm more like jenny where it's like now i'm kind of meeting people more organically and like i like i was gonna say like i barely know jenny for a year if that yeah. and she's gonna be invited to my wedding <laughs> you know <laughs> which i'm so excited about yeah it's gonna be great um i'm going uh I, i'll i'll guess i might edit this out but what really stands out is is like this meeting of these new people and like it's it's really sort of exciting to me that we're we are hiring right and we are gonna probably yeah. hire some really cool cats that honestly who said it it was nick nick who's one of our old hosts who's a legacy host now i'm sure no one's friends with him on facebook that listens to this almost nobody but he put up uh, a story and it was like um it's like a quote from Full House from Uncle Jesse. It's like, a stranger's a friend that you haven't met yet. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool, because that's really what this is, right? And it's so... Elite, Elite, I gotta tell you, man, whenever we hire for this podcast, I've done a lot of hiring for this show over the years. Mm-hmm. I never hire with the intention of, like, I'm going to be Jenny's friend. That's never what it's about. In fact, when we do the interviews, it's all business. It's all, can you do the, you know, can you do what we do? Can you meet? Do you have the equipment? Those are like the important things that we want to hash out. But just organically, we just become really, really great friends. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, I've known Kara for just a marginal amount longer than Jenny, right? Kara was hired at the, at the similar time with Tressa. You know, I needed a ride home one day from a hospital procedure. Kara helped me out. I barely know Kara, but look, we're such great friends, you know? Yeah, was yeah, totally. I was so doped up that day, too. <laughs> they wouldn't let me drive. But, like, that's the amount of trust and the friendship that, that we make. And I think it's great that, you know, while I don't play with the Stormfrog community, not Backrooms nor the, the Gauntlet or anything like that, nothing makes me happier than watching you guys play together. Like, when you guys played Gauntlet, it was really cool because I feel... Even though, like, I don't play with you guys, I feel like there's that connection in that community that he's making. And that's that's the thing about Stormfrog, right? I understand him because he's not doing his content creation to be famous. 
Just like I don't think we're doing this to be famous. We're uh-huh. doing this because we love this, and he's doing that too. But what I think Stormfrog loves more than putting out his content is building that community and building those friendships. That's what I think he's about. And I, that's what makes me really appreciate him because, to be honest, over the last few years that I've been talking to people and meeting people on Twitch, I, I don't really participate in any really... I can't think of another Discord that I really participate in. Um, but, like, there's, it's really cool how you'll meet some few people like yourself or, like, Stormfrog that they're about making these cool connections with new people. And I, I just... I feel privileged to be a part of it, to be honest with you. And... I've met a lot of great people. Look at Lord Cronus. Lord Cronus, I don't even play with Lord Cronus. We played Minecraft once or twice together. But we're like the best of friends. Jenny, do you know that Lord Cronus is going to probably fly out? That's awesome. I, I don't even barely know the guy. You know, nobody even knows his yeah. first name, really. I know his full name, but like, I, I'm just, it's really crazy. And it's really cool how that happens. And I'm just really yeah, excited to find yeah. out what's this next year going to bring. So. Um, I know we got really off topic and we probably should start closing soon, but um, <laughs> we can bring it back to the paranormal. Bring it back for to like the paranormal. But like honestly, uh, one thing that we did touch on that I want to talk about briefly is we're going to be closing up the applications very soon. Um, generally, when we have an opening for a host spot, uh, and we have four host spots open right now, we've got two for late night legends, two for super balls, or what? That's two here, two for super balls. Um, we, we have these applications open for long periods of time. The problem with that is that we've actually gotten a lot of people applying, and I think a lot of them are good, and I feel like if we don't close the application process soon, we're going to miss out on some of these candidates that are really good. Jenny can tell you, Elite, how many people that, that, that do we really like out of the ones that applied? We really like, what, like six people or five people at least? Yeah, I think there's like five people that we're, we're awfully fond of. So Right, and we have those two spots to fill. And the last time this happened... We had only one spot, but I ended up hiring two, which was Tressa and Jenny. And it was such a hard choice because I wanted to, or I'm sorry, which I was trusting Kara. And I felt so bad that we couldn't hire Jenny that we actually called her and said, when we need a host, you will be a host. No interview, nothing. You'll be anointed with us. And we did that. Yeah. You know, that's what we did. And it, what I'm kind of afraid of is like after we talk all to, to these wonderful people that applied, we might be in a similar situation where there's two spots, but we might hire three and then have to make it work. <laughs> but it's it's wonderful. It's really yeah. cool to be part of this project, and I can't thank you guys enough. But uh, yeah, so uh, back to that note, we're going to be closing the for the late night legend applications. Those are going to be closing soon. Then we're going to switch gears, and we're going to be uh, doing Super Balls podcast uh, applications and interviews. That's going to be a little bit more difficult because the, um, those shows are once a month. So I would imagine over the next four months or so, we're going to be probably doing an interview almost every single time with our first interview. Uh, our first person that's going to be filling in as a host is Jackie, who was on our New Year's episode, which you guys have both met, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to do great on Super Balls. She's been part of Super Balls for many years, but yeah. here's the thing. We all grow up and change and, um, you know, in the process of growing older, growing up, you know, you, you kind of step out of something, you step back into it. That's kind of where she's at, where, you know, for, for at least three years, I was her manager and boss. And it was, it was very cool and strange that we would podcast, you know, we would all, you know, be drinking buddies, podcast, Super Bowls in 2010. Then we'd all wake up early and see each other the next morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> and if she didn't show up, I'd be like, 
what the fuck? You didn't show up for your shift today. <laughs> um, it's it's really surreal, uh, the journey that life takes us through. But um, yeah, no, so she's going to be filling in for a host, but we're still going to um, be hiring and stuff. And oh, really? Look at look at who's coming in at the last minute. We've got Doug. Says maybe I'll give her competition. LOL. Doug, you're more than welcome to apply. Doug is also going to be joining us on, on the Super Balls episode um, this month, which is, I think, what is it, 25th or 26th, something like that? Nice. Which is coincidentally yeah, my sister's birthday. Yeah, this birthday is the same Doug that was like real active last last week, right? Doug is a cool ass dude. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yes, he was very active. Yeah. Um, and uh, the thing that I love about Doug is like he's very honest. And if he, like, he's not going to put on sort of a fake demeanor to, <laughs> to appease anyone. He's going to be very real, which is actually coincidentally that something that our Nick used to do, not elite sniper Nick, but our legacy host, Nick, and they work together and they're friends, which is great. That's how I met Doug. Isn't this weird how we meet strangers that are so fucking cool. Doug is amazing. Uh, thanks Frank. Let's do this. Great. Uh, also we're going to be doing the, um, what is that thing called what we're doing in February, Jenny? The Dark Dark Matters? Oh, Dark Matters Podcast Fest. We're doing a podcast fest where we're actually going to be podcasting during one of their slots. Yes. Uh, it's going to be myself, Jenny, Kara, Tressa. I also, because at the time of application, we had a bigger team. We have two more empty seats, so I invited Nick and Wasi to fill those seats. I don't know that if they have plans to join us. They might, they might not. Doug says he's a good dancer. That's great. Doug, I want to see it. Wait. Can Doug do the Dougie? He, he does, does I was just going to say that. He does the Dougie. <laughs> does that mean that he's going to come out to the podcast fest and dance for us? I fucking hope so. Yeah. But I Doug, mean, come on out and see us. We're think, on uh, we're, February 5th is our day. Doug, it's a Sunday. Doug lives, I think, in Wisconsin, right? So, like, he lives kind of far for the drive. But hey, if he wants to come out, it'll be really fun. We're going to be in Elgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, what time the, is our our spot? Is it? Oh, let me. I can look that up here if you if you give me just a moment yeah. here. It's a Sunday. It's definitely the fifth of February Sunday. The fifth of February is like one of my most not favorite days. Uh, but let me see here. Well, maybe this will make it a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know in if that's history. possible, Danny. Uh, but in, let me take a look. History. Mr. Elite Sniper, what are you doing on the 5th? You're not in Chicago, are you? You said you're out in Salem area, No, right? I am up in college in Maine. Oh, you're in Maine. Ooh, Maine yeah. is so much fun. Oh, how cool is that? I've always wanted to go just to try the, the lobster and the seafood. I met a very nice um, seal when I was kayaking in Maine. A seal? A seal. Do tell he us was the very story cute. while I look this up. Very cute. So, they are yeah, dog mermaids, and I love them. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my college is in the middle of nowhere, as the degree, degree I'm starting, uh, going for is a zookeeper degree. So I'm hoping work zookeeper? with animals in the that future. That is amazing. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. That's incredible. I have friends. I am excited for this. I've got a lot of friends that would really like you. Um, i got a friend who – I've got, like, three friends who are veterinarians, for starters. <laughs> Okay, no one is not going to want to be your friend if you're a zookeeper. Yeah, I mean, honestly, park ranger. What, are the animals, what are the animals that you're hoping to work with? I'm hoping to either work with the big cats, tigers, lions, or cheetahs, mainly cheetahs. Or yes, birds. so I've, cute. I've, picked, I've started drifting into birds because I've always found, I started finding them interesting too, especially hawkeering, which is training uh, birds oh. for 
not just hunting, but like helping them for re to fly and just get them back out in the wild if they are injured. Real talk, my dad has a degree in ornithology, which is the study of birds. Yeah, real talk. Um, that's awesome. All right, I'm about to pull up the information on the dark matters. But that's so great, Elite. I'm really yeah. happy for you. Okay, so we're going to be Sunday, February 5th at 3 p.m. The address is uh, 15 Ziegler Court in Elgin, 60120, if you'd like to join us. We're going to be putting up more advertisements here uh, as we get closer to the date. But definitely come out and say hi, and we'd love to see you and have you. And if we have an empty spot, Doug, if you come out and Nick doesn't show up, Feel free to join us. Uh, he says, my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife keeps telling me that we need to go to Maine and she's got some good whale watching out there. Or she says there's some good whale watching out there. Oh, Don't you yeah, no, the whales appear if you go during, I think, l late spring, early summer would be your best bet. But I'm not positive in Maine. As in mass, it's a uh, later summer. They go, uh. Most of the time, they go whale watching. Doug wants to ask you if you uh, have ever been involved in putting GPS trackers on animals in the wild. Uh, I do not. I have not, but I do know how to do that. I have learned. That's fucking great. I have b banded birds, though. I've banded birds, too, because... Um, so my dad got into ornithology, and when he, and he had a hobby when he was in Mexico. He used to like to race homing pigeons. It's like a really old school... Yeah, oh my god, that's so that's so interesting. So like, that is so interesting to me right now. Yeah, growing up here in America, one of the things that he'd like to do is just to collect racing pigeons, and it was some it's a pastime that I enjoyed with my dad. We'd like have them in the backyard in a big uh, aviary and band them and see like how how quickly we could release them and they'd make it home. And it's really really cool. Doug says you don't put G. Oh no, that's I already read that. Doug, I read your question twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think we should start closing up. What do you think? Do we have some uh, closing thoughts on the old uh, Salem witch trials, or do you want uh, any comments on anything else we talked about tonight? Yeah, I mean... Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome Aww. anytime. Especially the next couple of weeks when we're kind of short on hosts. We'd love to have you as company. Doug, too, Doug. We're going to have Doug on Super Bowls. <laughs> Look at, speaking of pets, who do we got Who do we got on camera here? Who are our other co-hosts tonight, Johnny? Oh, this is Bill. This is Billy. He's very old. Uh, he's very old and he's very familiar like so so I got that going I like and he that. also might be a sorcerer I but really what like that you have his name as Bill it's not like Mr. Snaggle Pants it's like Bill, Bill. <laughs> it's, it's not it's like Bill. Oreo you know <laughs> yeah he's been around for a minute or two yeah and what about your other host there this is Cody oh, Cody's a cranky Cody. old man We've talked about Cody. I remember when yeah. we when we first had you on, I wanted a picture of Cody, which I still like. Yeah. Yeah. Cody's pretty great. And then Orion's being really quiet, which is very strange, but do you yeah. Have a, do you have a closing thought about the Salem Witch Trial stuff or specifically the Bernard House, Pearson Bernard House? It's interesting. Um, another note, uh, like I, it's like consistently had reverends in it too because i guess the guy's son was a reverend but that was really interesting on another closing thought i very much enjoyed uh getting to know a little bit more about both of you today i feel like we got to know each other a little bit yeah, more we're becoming bigger and better friends it's, it's awesome <laughs> i like it i like it i like what's happening here elite if you want by the way i would definitely like to welcome you to help us interview some of our potential hosts you know 
uh, we're going to be having some some people on. You don't have to necessarily ask questions, but if you want to ask questions in the chat or if you want to join us on Zoom, more than happy to have you. I know that you know what I know that you already know what it takes to do this, right? <laughs> <laughs> and while it may not be for you, I think that your input could be great. And even I know that even after we interview, it's going to be a tough decision. We're probably going to go to the social media and ask everyone's opinion who does watch the show to give their input and, and let us know who they think should should work with us. So going to be yeah, interesting. Just give me a time and date and I'll see what I can do with my schedule. If it works I would say as of right now, your best bet is to. If you want to set aside time to interview with us, it's every Monday going to be in February, I think, is when we're going to start interviewing every Monday, this same time, uh, 930 to about 1015, 1030. Right. And if the interview is really good, which a lot of them actually tend to be, it might go a little bit longer. But you, you don't have to stay the whole time either. If you got a okay. you got a dip, I know you're in the eastern time zone, so it's an hour. Later. Yeah, it's 1114 right now yep. for me. 1114. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, guys, uh, we'll see you all at Dark Matters. We'll give you some more updates on that as we get further along. We're going to be interviewing some great host potentials. And from what? Well, hold on. I got to play my closing music. I never play. I didn't play my closing music. It's important because it's season of the witch. And I really messed this one up. I didn't let Jenny open like I said I would. <laughs> and then when I asked for closing thoughts, I didn't even. <laughs> didn't even play the closing music. <laughs> Nope. Uh, still shaking off the cobwebs from our winter break, which was much needed. So uh, we'll see y'all next week. Next week, Tress is coming in hot with her topic, which is Jenny. Do I remember? Or do you remember? I do not remember Tress's topic. Uh, her topic is Peter Corey, the abductee with a scandalous oh, proof. That's right. Oh, that is going to be scandalous. It's going to be great. Elite, let me know if you want to be in on that one. And from all of us. Have a great week. Be nice. Be kind. Do something nice for someone. Call your mom. Say hello. Bye, Doug. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Alright, we're off here. Thank you so much, Mr. Lee. You're a gentleman and a scholar.